0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. You can also check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan Raleigh on YouTube. A lot of our previous segments covered a lot on North Carolina and the NIT. A lot about Duke. A lot about the Carolina Panthers. And what they're going to do ahead of the draft as they pick up some free agents. And Chad Brown joins us now on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline. Former NFLer, now part of Compass Media Networks, ESPN+. Chad,
1: what's going on, man? Oh, man, a crazy couple of days of NFL free agency, and I got to give a shout-out to the bumper music, Eric B. and Rakim, one of my favorites, and I Ain't No Joke It's certainly at the top of their list of their uh, hits.
0: That's on, Dennis, our producer. We like it when we kick it old school from time to time. <laughs> I like um, it. I, I- you, do you feel free now that Aaron Rodgers has spoken? We, we are now like able to kind of move on with it. He, he finally spoke to Pat McAfee. I don't know if we get eight more weeks of winter, but we certainly get some more talk about where he's going. I guess the Jets are the thing. It's up to the Green Bay Packers to let him out. What's going on
1: here? I don't know what, what's going on there. I, you know, when this whole Aaron Rodgers saga started really more than two years ago, mm-hmm. um, and some of it was Russell Wilson as well, where these quarterbacks were beginning to step out of the quarterback room and want to have a conversation with the head coach and the GM about, you know, who should be on the roster. They want to add personnel assistant to their titles. Um, I was in favor of it. And I was saying, you know what, these guys have played and been successful. Aaron Rodgers won a Lombardi trophy, was a league MVP. Russell Wilson won a Lombardi trophy. So these guys deserve to be able to have. The conversation about how do we move forward, what's the best way for our team to be built, how would I, you know, what what receivers would I like to see in the wide receiver room? Not to say they need to be involved in any decision making, but they deserve to have a conversation about those kind of things. So now we've gone from, hey, Chad, yes, I agree, these guys have have enough skins in the wall that they deserve to be part of this conversation, to where Aaron Rodgers is reportedly, whether it's true or not giving the Jets a, a list of guys who he wants to see on the roster. We saw the Green Bay Packers do some things that Aaron Rodgers wanted to do personnel-wise. Mm-hmm. We saw Russell Wilson you know, navigate his way out of Seattle because of personnel moves that were made that he didn't like and things like that. So now we've gotten to a point where the original thought was, yeah, I'm okay with that, to now I've got pushback on all of this. At some point, you are a football player and your job is to play. <laughs> there are folks upstairs in those offices who are professionals at this. And their job is to secure personnel and build teams and to coach football teams. So if you're Russell Wilson having Tuesday meetings with the guys giving your scouting report, I'm not sure if that helps Nathaniel Hackett. If you're Aaron Rodgers telling Robert Sala who they need to to sign in the New York Jets, I'm not sure if that really helps. So now we've gone from a point of, yeah, I think you should be involved to, no, you've overstepped the bounds so far. Shut up. Play quarterback
2: <laughs> Chad Brown joining us on the Heaster Autumn of Group Hotline. That's Julius. I'm Joe Gilio. Always, always a risk to ask a cold question uh, from, from somebody you've never talked to before about an old coach, but Bill Cowers from Raleigh went to NC State. You started your career with the Steelers. Please tell me you
1: have a good story about the chin for us. Uh, Bill Cowers is an awesome dude. Love, love Bill Cowher. Uh, I went to my first Hall of Fame weekend. When he was inducted uh, last year, it was a tremendous event, got the chance to thank him and congratulate him personally. Uh, let me see, a great Bill Cower story. Well, this involves a couple of people. So Bill, Bill Cower, obviously, you know, tough guy, mm-hmm. former NFL linebacker, special teams guy. Well, we had some pretty bad linebackers on that Pittsburgh Steelers team, Greg Lloyd and, and Kevin Green. And if anybody knows, if anybody knows anything about Greg Lloyd, Greg Lloyd was a bad man for about five years, was the baddest man in football. 10th uh, degree, Taekwondo, black belt. Everyone was absolutely afraid of Greg on that Pittsburgh Steelers team. So in the old Three Rivers Stadium, you know, the, the locker rooms were kind of coming out from a dugout. So you kind of walked up some stairs to get out from the locker rooms up onto the playing field. And uh, Greg and Kevin were out there during special teams practice playing around with the jugs machine. And Bill Cowers coming up the stairs, coming onto the practice field. And so from about 30 yards away, they unleash this ball at Bill Cower, hits Bill right in the groin. And Bill, you know, does the thing, you know, he goes down, and he grabs his groin, and he comes back up, and the chin is out, and he's got the Bill Cower hands, and he's looking over the field. Who did this? And, you know, he's about to bring some holy hell onto somebody. Then he sees that it's Greg. And so he instantly goes from bill cower with the chin out and softens up and goes ha ha fun funny one good one greg so even <laughs> as tough and as bad as bill cower is he recognized that was not a fight he was going to win
0: chad brown joining us here on the og former Steeler, uh and you do sports talk out in denver i know that was at uh 104 three out in denver um I'm curious. This is where we also kind of tie things together with Riley. This is a small world, Chad. It's funny how all these things are connected. Bill Cowher's from here. Russell, The Russell Wilson experience, as you mentioned, uh, seems to be going through some changes. When he got there, what was your overall impression of him? And after this particular season and just kind of – I mean, people like dunking on Russell Wilson this year. How did that kind of change – did your perception
1: change of him? How did, how did it go from the start to, to where we are right now? Well, I did a coaching internship in Seattle um, with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. This was a year after they lost the Super Bowl to okay. the Patriots. Okay. Um, so the the Legion of Boom was kind of still in effect. Camp Chancellor was, was, was holding out at that point. But Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, all those guys were there. Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill up front. So that defense was still mostly intact. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson was just kind of beginning to, you know, feel himself and, and, and want to be the face of the franchise. And Pete Carroll was kind of stuck in both places. How do I pay, you know, respects to this defense? But how do I elevate this guy who, you know, is, is an up and coming player and one of the better quarterbacks in the league at that point? Um, you know, so it was a very interesting uh time to be an intern there. Mm-hmm. But one of the last preseason games that I was there, uh, the floor was opened up by Pete at the Friday night meeting. The game was Saturday at the Friday night meeting in the team meeting um at, at the hotel. And Pete said, anybody who wants to speak, you know, go up and stand up and speak. So Doug Baldwin got up and, you know, talked about it and gave a very Doug Baldwin, you know, fire and brimstone kind of speech as Doug is prone to do. A couple of the guys got up and spoke. And then Russell got up to speak, and I was sitting in the back where the defensive lineman was. That was the group where I was uh, doing my internship, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a bunch of other defensive guys around there. So as soon as Russell Wilson got up to speak, almost to a man, that entire defense that we think of and we know of rolled their eyes and sat back and were like, "Oh my goodness, here's this dude again," <laughs> and. You know, I had heard Russell Wilson whispers uh-huh. and I heard some guys say some, you know, words that clearly weren't uh, coming from a place of tremendous respect for us. Yeah, they weren't teasing
0: him. This was uh, there was some
1: venom behind it, right? There were Yes. But this was the biggest public show of dislike and a, a lack of respect for us that I had seen. We are in a team meeting. Mm hmm. And there's a collective sigh and rolling of the eyes and crossing of the arms and now we got to listen to this dude talk again um and so uh from that point forward i was there for about another week after that um you know i was politely asking questions you know what's going on with that where is that coming from and guys were kind of filling me in to some of their feelings and all that so when the russell wilson news was announced uh in denver Uh, I on my radio show was like, hey, this Russell Wilson thing, while it all seems great right now, there's a certain slippery slope to all of this. Mm -hmm. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you about my experience in Seattle and some of the things that were said and some of the feelings that were felt. And while, you know, Russell Wilson is definitely considered to be a good dude, um, he did not engender himself to his teammates. There was not a lot of respect from some guys on the opposite side of the ball. There were also some guys in the offense who felt that way as well. Yeah. Um, so Nathaniel Hackett's got a very tricky situation that he's got to navigate um, to make all this work. Which... And then Nathaniel Hackett comes out and is not trying to be a stoic coach. He has turned into a cheerleader at Russell Wilson's introductory press conference. Russell freaking Wilson, I couldn't <laughs> be more excited. And I'm, you know, again, I'm on my radio show. I'm like, whoa, whoa, this is already entering into the territory that was difficult for Pete Carroll, I'm not shout, I'm not sure how a first time coach like Nathaniel Hackett's going to handle this, because mm-hmm. this dude comes with an entourage. This dude comes with all these expectations. He issues out a 15 page dossier each week to the offensive of play caller about plays <laughs> that he wants to, to see called. So you know, I, I said all this to my to my, to my listeners on my radio. Show. Yeah. And as the season progressed, all those worst fears and concerns really started to reveal themselves. The entourage was traveling on the road and he had his own office in the building and he was his quarterback coach was there in the building and all these weird things that we don't hear of from other players. So I guess to fast forward and, ask your, and answer the question you asked last- You knew. How do I feel about it now? Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson, I think needed to be humbled. And this last season, I think was the humbling that he needed. And a coach like Sean Payton, who's gonna come in and, you know, recognize Russell Wilson's got some skin on the walls, but also recognize you got some privileges that were far outside of yeah. anything that I'm willing to offer, and you've got to rein yourself in. And if you can't, I will be the guy to do that. It's, it's interesting you bring that up in
0: chat, Brown joining us, uh, former Steeler, former NFL, uh, does sports talk out in Denver. And we kind of got sidetracked into this conversation because um, I was curious with this year with, with Russell Wilson. You need to check out our podcast that we did about Russell Wilson. So, so Jillio, you would enjoy it. Jillio covered <laughs> NC State when Russell Wilson was there. I was doing sports talk radio as I am now uh, during that time, and you you talk about the the humbling part. Here is my curiosity, and I'm, I'm I'm really intrigued by your 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 answer here. I don't think the public humiliation of Russell Wilson can humble him. I think he's impervious to that kind of stuff. I, I I really do think that's the case. But Sean Payton can. So that's my – how do you see that meshing? Is Sean Payton the guy with the respectability that can get Russell Wilson to
1: actually play ball? I think so. Uh, I, I do think so. And, and Sean Payton uh, had a few sound bites uh, when he was given some of his conversations at the Combine and after becoming the coach of the Broncos uh yeah like no guy, office, from our radio no
0: guy you know like all that stuff he 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 quickly shot
1: that down right so it was our guy from our, one of our from our radio station who asked that question mm-hmm. and sean payton while he tried to act as if he hadn't heard that before <laughs> um but then he also shot it down i'm sure sean payton was well yeah. aware yeah of that um so but he's you know he's trying to play it softly but also let russell wilson know that that's not going to happen so i think sean payton To to use a phrase I use a couple times, has enough skins on the wall to uh, get Russell Wilson to essentially toe the line. And I'm not sure if that would have happened without the humbling of last season. Russell Wilson wasn't just a bottom half quarterback. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, the, The Broncos offense has been in a tailspin for five years, yet it scored more points with Drew Locke than it did with Russell Wilson last year. So at some point, there is no denying just the sheer numbers of it all. So the numbers, the public perception, the mockery of Russell Wilson from other players in the NFL when a kicker is mocking you with your let's ride stuff. Um, at some point, you've got to be able to look the man in the mirror. Yeah, man. I know you've been told by your mental performance coach to acknowledge nothing bad, mm-hmm. but you gotta acknowledge reality really? along the way, don't I, you?
2: We might need to do an extra episode with Chad
1: Brown. <laughs> 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 Dennis,
2: it. please send do him it. a link to the to the podcast. Do please. an
0: epilogue yeah. on our uh, Russell Wilson podcast. Love. Chad, all fascinating stuff. We appreciate your time, man. Uh, hopefully we can talk to you in the future. Yeah, we didn't even get Good to the Panthers. Nice. Thanks man. for having me on. All right, take appreciate it easy. Uh, but once uh, Chad Brown informed us that he was an, a coaching intern with the Seattle Seahawks under Pete Carroll after they won a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, I was like, nah, there's no there's no turning back for us. We went down that Russell Wilson rabbit hole, man. Fascinating stuff from Chad Brown. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, released by the Dallas Cowboys today. Would you like to see him in a Panthers uniform? I, I, maybe I'm crazy. I like Deontay
2: Foreman. Yeah. I got no problems with Deontay Foreman. All right. I mean, there's a lot of miles on Zeke. I wouldn't mind Zeke as a bargain. Yeah, he's not like a he's not an every down back now, but at a bargain, pick him up. I love the Hayden Hurst signing.
0: Hunter Hurst Helmsley.
2: Yes, big fan. of Triple I enjoyed H. that. That was a nice. Pick-up. That was a nice pickup too. And I know what Adam you gotta help the quarterback. Apparently, Adam and Thielen. the number one person to help the quarterback is your tight end. Yeah, uh,
0: Adam Thielen also, I guess, on the Panthers' radar. At wide receiver, they're they're set to meet, so we'll we'll see. Not that there's a lot of options at wide receiver, but no, they are set to. They meet. are not. <laughs> I mean, the fact that what was it, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, now with the Patriots, um, and uh, Juju signed with the Patriots. Signed with the Patriots. Yeah, wow. looks like that's. I think that's the case.
2: Three and, years, thirty-three million. Yeah, and he had a sneaky good year.
0: And Jacoby Brissett. If we go to a little Pack Pro action here, Jacoby Brissett, he's going to be with the Commanders, and then with Jacoby Myers. Uh, just signed with Raiders. the Raiders. Wes Durham, ACC Network, ESPN. He's also the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. Joining us on the Hester Automotive Report Line. Let's actually talk a little NFL here, Wes. Before we get right. to the ACC and the NCAA tournament, the the NFC South still seems. Wide the hell open, man. I mean, I I, well, I, I liked Derek yeah. Carr, uh, but what are the Falcons doing? What are what are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers doing? And obviously the Panthers control the draft now. I'll be Ooh, curious to see who they you take. Saw what the Bucks did today. Wait, who the, right. what did I miss? Signed, Baker Mayfield. Oh, they signed yeah. Baker Mayfield today.
3: Yeah, and Levante oh, David do well, one year.
0: Well, that changes everything. <laughs> everything. Not no, really. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't.
3: Um. I think, and, and I think I told you guys this last week in Greensboro, as long as Tampa gets the bulk of their defense back and on the field, they have to be considered the favorites in this division until proven otherwise. Okay. okay. That's how good they are defensively. Now, they're losing some guys defensively, but you know they've done a pretty good job on that side of the ball of keeping guys in-house and signing Levante David. That is a cap-friendly deal, a one-year today mm-hmm. for Levante David. Um, you know, they were really good up front. They were injured in the offensive line. We all know that last year. They've already released Leonard Fournette, right? So they're looking for some run game. I think they like Vaughn, the kid from Vanderbilt that helped them a little bit. But beyond that, I mean, we still got miles to go in this. Now I'll say this, Carolina's Carolina's done some nice things. Hayden Hurst, hell of a player now. Hell of a player. You guys are really going to enjoy him. This will be his third team in four years, but you're going to enjoy Hayden Hurst. Really good guy. Great guy, in fact. Uh, enjoyed him in Atlanta, and I think he'll be a, a a star in Charlotte, especially with the way things are developing in quarterback. Now, to answer your question, Julia, or obvious, Atlanta signed Taylor Heineke to a backup deal yesterday.
0: To a backup deal, okay. Ooh.
3: Well, I mean, he could compete with Ritter and maybe win the job, and they'll, I'm sure they'll yeah. present a the competition. Yeah, I think so. Right. I think so. Well, it's just like the,
0: the Carolina we Panthers. We like Heineke on this program. The, the so. Carolina- I like
3: Heineke, too. And like- I think Heineke's got some value on in Atlanta's offense because he and Ritter are not that far apart from what they do to right. yeah. uh, what Arthur Smith wants.
0: The Carolina Panthers signed Andy Dalton. Clearly, as that that is a true backup role. I, I I understand why they went with him versus say Jacoby Brissett, who's still trying to be a starter. We we kind of sure. know where Andy knows where he is right now in his career. Although it, it finally definitively answers a question Adam Gold and I would debate all the time: Who's better right now, Andy Dalton or Cam Newton? We can definitively say Andy and Dalton, Dalton is better than sure. Cam Newton right now.
3: Cam Newton's better on the gram, but Andy Dalton on the field. Look, man. Be Can, than let, Cam
0: Cam's living his best life being an influencer right now. Well, I love well, to see true. it. I love to see Good for him. He's transitioning yeah. into his next phase, and I, I, I love now to see Atlanta it. Now, Atlanta
3: helped themselves in other areas besides Taylor Heineke. Atlanta signed Jesse Bates. They're getting Jesse Bates, the safety from Wake Forest, off the Bengals. Mm. Anya Mata, the defense
2: our Panthers um, scouts right there just sniping just West, Just scout maybe, West off the screen. We're not getting
0: any Falcons You're intel. Done. No,
2: no. <laughs> or, or it was Arthur Blank himself like, hey, man, hey, hey, stop giving the game I'd, away. I don't pay you to go on the radio
0: in North Carolina <laughs> <A> give away <giveaway. laughs> trade secrets <laughs> for the Falcons. <laughs> not allowed. Give away the game. Absolutely giving away. Well, hopefully uh, Wes can come back in his internet connection uh, gets fixed. In the meantime, well, there he is. There's Wes. Wes is back. So Ar- Arthur Jeff- Arthur Blank shut you down. He didn't want you giving out information here in Carolina.
3: Are you sure it wasn't Scott Fritterer? Maybe
0: he was. I don't know.
3: Okay. Um, Jesse Bates, David Onyamata, Kate Nella signed yesterday. Um, they also got Johnu Smith for a seventh round. So I mean, Atlanta's done fine, but they still got to find a second wide receiver, an edge rusher, and a left guard. So there you go.
2: One last NFL note before we leave. You. Okay. Did you read Calvin Ridley's piece in the Not yet. player's no. tribune? It's I heard it's really, really, good, really, really, really good.
3: And that's I'm I'm hopeful for Calvin that Jacksonville and playing football will be good for him.
2: Powerful stuff. You should check. I'm it sure out. it is. Yeah, and
3: like, I think he probably is a guy who in some ways is setting a bar for the new athlete that mm. we're getting ready to have in this culture.
0: Absolutely. In
3: some ways. Yeah. Well,
0: I,
2: Westerham, ACC Network, ESPN, our friend joining us here as we get ready for March Madness. Wes,
3: we already had it. Wes, last night. Last night we took down the mighty Southeastern Conference, American Basketball Conference. Yeah, Nailed let's go. Pit.
2: Your friend Jeff Capel, your friend Jason Capel, getting an NCAA tournament win. I love the halftime interview. Where, Jay, where Jeff Cable goes, I missed this man. Yeah, <laughs> I miss that this. was good. It's that like, was cool. Just to tell straight the truth. Up. It's true and though, it was, and it was a great environment. We, you know, Joe and I have talked a lot about how Dayton really embraces that event. It is yeah, very just think cool. When we go
3: to '96, what it's going to be like?
2: Yeah, I know they'll have a full day or a full week in Dayton, whatever it ends up turning out to be. But. <laughs> Hey, ACC gets off to the right foot there. Yeah. Speaking of foots, though, man, Norchard or Mir or the first minute, and now it looks like he's not going to play against Drake. Talk me off a ledge for the Miami yeah. Hurricanes West because that was the I team can't. besides Duke that I have the most confidence in. I agree. In this and tournament. I can't,
3: I can't talk you off the ledge All right. because I think they can beat Drake, but I'm not sure they can win the second one. I just don't. Um, I think he's a unique piece in this tournament. Ultimately, there was going to be a matchup though that would favor the opponent if he were healthy, just because of the size a team would present. Yeah. But he is a he is a different cat now, and you see him live, and all of a sudden you realize what a different guy he is. He's Lebron, um,
2: LeBron size linebacker. Yeah. Like he's just big. He's, not tall, he's amazing.
3: Big. Yeah, he's amazing. Now you're really kind of going to lean on Jordan Miller, Wong, and Pack to go get you a number a game now. And defense has not been their game consistently they got to get it to 94 feet. Some teams are going to want to thwart that, but we'll see what happens. I, I still think they can win a couple. I'm just not sure they can go a lot deeper than that.
2: Speaking of ledges, I, I hated the way State played against Clemson. Uh, I was yep. tremendously disappointed in how they came out in that game.
3: And, not um, as disappointed as Clemson, hopefully. Yeah, being. Uh,
2: yeah Clemson's wrong at the at, at the wrong wolf pack, but that might be their shot of Joe to go at some point here. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but State, h- how do they recover from that Clemson game? And I look at Creighton – They've got a
3: couple bigs
2: who could shoot, and yeah, I kind of love but, Julia, why are you worried?
3: You're winning one way. NC State's winning this thing one way. You, come on now. Why could, Why are you getting in your basketball feelings here?
2: Because of the guards. Joe, why
3: haven't you talked him out of the basketball feelings? Because you're going to win the game. The NCAA, you're winning this thing at 94 feet, shooting threes, and getting yeah. it to burns on the block. That's not going to change, no matter whether you play Creighton or I,
0: Canisius. I, I think this is – uh, maybe maybe it's NC State fans wanting to be like, don't forget we're the ones who are at each other's throats about <laughs> a basketball program. In uh, no, wait a second. Don't be still in our angst. And North Carolina is doing what North Carolina does. They have to have everything. Gilio uh, J- put me on this game a while ago, and I, it took me a while. I resisted this, Wes. I resisted this. Okay. You know, his idea basically being like, North Carolina fans want it all. Want it all. Sure, and I think they're Georgia
3: fans, but yeah, I know I, what they but are. But they're I, like Georgia football fans. They but, want it all.
0: But since since the Coach K farewell tour and what happened in 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 New Orleans where they sent him off, the, now they want in on the stuff, right? Sure. You know, NC State stuff has been the dominant conversation. Now it's like, wait a minute, what if beating Coach K in the Final Four and literally ending his career means that? We can't that's have it? that's it. We can't have that's any it. more nice things. It's probably right. a tray they still make, but maybe me, I <laughs> don't know. I don't know because could Carolina fans have been at each other's throats about this? About the NIT, lack of, of the like, NIT hey, man.
3: Wait a second. I mean, let me let me draw the hardcore here. Okay, okay. Let's draw the hard line. Yeah, not the line of this year, and not the line of last year. Let's draw a harder line since the NCAA championship. In the desert mm-hmm. against Gonzaga. Yeah. Okay. Take me through Carolina after that.
0: You had the you had the Cole. The, well, what happened in eighteen? I can't remember in eighteen. 18 uh, they lost they to Texas A&M went, in Charlotte. Lost to
3: Texas a in Charlotte. Okay. Second round. Okay. Was that second round game, Jilio? And then we yeah.
0: had uh, nineteen. We beat State. Auburn. Wasn't
3: that an Iowa State? No, nineteen. No, was Auburn. we that beat was Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, we yeah. beat
0: Auburn. And then okay. he had then he had the lost Cole Anthony year. Pandemic. Which was
3: the pandemic. And by the way, would you have gone that year? The answer is no.
0: No, no you don't go that year. Okay. And then twenty
3: one you went and you lost to Wisconsin at Mackey Arena.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. With, with this group you played... that's now, yeah.
3: Okay. In twenty two you played good for how many weeks?
0: Four, five weeks.
2: Caught and then an, now this heater, though. Called an all time heater. Yeah, you he did.
0: Look, I've been I've been saying now, this. wait for a, a second.
3: A year ago, y'all were telling me this is that the last game in Cameron and the Final Four was the forever games.
0: Oh, it forever. is. They are forever in terms of okay. how fans talk. No, okay. in well, terms of how fans where we talk. we have to
3: be then. You, if you're a Carolina fan right now, you got to understand the come around and go around is kind of an effect here. Aha!
0: So, to that end, I know the joke in NC State circles has been about feels like 83. And it might feel like 83 in a different way if Houston gets to the <laughs> yeah. finals. But. Benny Anders. I'm starting to think it's feeling like 2010, Wes, where Carolina's coming off a high and Duke is just in shambles, right? They lost on Harrison Barnes and Roy's got this thing cooking. And what, right, know, sure. I got you. Coach K you. is too busy with USA Basketball, Wes. I hear you.
2: Yeah. And then what happened, what
0: happened in 2010?
3: Duke went wild.
2: So. Duke got paid back for the 99 title. That's what happened in
0: 10. I feel like. I feel like the way things have been going for Duke and the way that they're playing. Ricky Moore being in Tampa. Ricky Moore in Tampa. Is that what you're talking about? Would it surprise you? This is not a perfect Duke team, but I've been screaming this all year. It's a Duke team that knows what they are. Sure. Would it surprise you if they got to the Final Four?
3: Absolutely not. Thank you. No, Thank you. absolutely not. And here's why. Because I saw them in January. Hell, we went to try and buy a beer after they lost by 20-some at b <laughs> and Yeah, that was yeah But what I'm getting at is think about the team that night Mm -hmm. and in the four game sequence that Dan and I saw, we saw them lose to state win by one at BC on a Filipowski block. By the way, we then saw them beat Pitt at home when they got 39 offensive rebounds and 52 total or something crazy like that. And then we saw them lose at Clemson. That was our two weeks with them. And then I saw them against Virginia tech. They're dynamically different. They're really good. And they're, and here's the thing: you stopping one is not stopping them all. They they've got options. And here's oh by the way, Derek Whitehead now is working back toward 100, percent and could be that guy everybody thought he might be at some point in this tournament. That's the thing you have to look at Duke and be optimistic about. Now, yeah. can they beat? Can they beat uh, UCLA? I have no idea. But I'll tell you this: when you throw Filipowski and Lively out there, and Young gives you the you know the the blue collar minutes. And Blake's will come in and guard somebody for a little bit and not turn it over and things like, yeah, I can see them winning four and getting to Houston. Absolutely. Can I see them winning it? You tell me who else is there, because that that is the question. And everybody's in love with UConn for some reason because it's Texas. I haven't seen that yet, but I can see UCLA. I can see, I can definitely see Kansas doing this thing again. So do Definitely you think
0: – do you think that I, – I, Jilio and I are in agreement that uh, for North Carolina – West joining us, ACC Network, ESPN – that skipping out on the NIT for North Carolina was probably the right move because college basketball has changed. I mean, Absolutely. Right, right out of the gate, they already had two transfers. Uh, Don, right. Uh, had, uh, we had – Dollar Don, Nickel, Don, Justin McCoy. Then you had Dontre Styles do his radio show with Brian Hanks out in Kinston.
2: Oh, okay. The yeah. other way. The
0: other way. Wait, you you like to get styles? Why do I get? Why do I no, get... You had it right that one. I had that. Yeah. You had styles right. I had like I said Demarco done Dunn the last That's time. It. I got that confused. Yeah. I don't know why I said right. that yesterday. Anyway, Styles was on with Brian Hanks out in Kinston. He does a weekly hit with him. Uh, okay. Tuesdays with Styles. Wow. And hey, man, it's NIL baby. Yeah, it is. So <laughs> he was like, look, he was very open about the fact that hey, I wanted to play in the NIT, and I got to think about what I want to do here. And if you're if okay. if you are Hubert Davis, you have to also decide who you want here too. Because I've been All arguing right. this since the Wake Forest loss in Winston Salem. This roster, you want to go back to what's Carolina been since 2017. You can just highlight this last three year, three year run with Roy, but, and now these two years of Hubert. It might be time to just go in a different direction altogether for Hubert Davis. But guys, the core
3: characteristic of how you build teams in college basketball has changed in four years. Oh, what was the
2: picture you saw today that you were fascinated by? Yeah, Shaquille Moore was playing for Mississippi I saw State that last picture night. And I saw
3: what you retweeted. Yeah. One player is left in the picture out of the
2: five, and they're probably yeah. all top one hundred recruits, if not Absolutely. higher. And they all found their own piece.
3: Yeah, you know, and, and I that's think- what. Get ready.
2: And I kind of think for Carolina, they haven't learned it yet because they haven't really been that active in the portal. But the truth of the matter is you will lose some good players, but you're going to get yep. good ones back too. And yeah. if and if all you got to do is look at Pitt last night and look at their guards last night and look at the situation that they're in. You know, Jeff was up against it. Heather Like decided to give him another year. A lot of ADs wouldn't have. That's and correct. she he rewarded her. By going to the portal, getting good yep. players, getting older. I think all of them are fifth-year or seniors or older hmm. that he starts. So that's pretty good. I, <laughs> that's an I older just... team that you're going to win with. So Carolina I, has the ability to do the same thing, and I, I believe that they will. Exactly it doesn't right. need to be wholesale, though, that way, was no. you, can, you can augment. You can supplement. And uh, yes. I, I, I have confidence that Hubert can do that, and I do think it was the right move to say I want to start working on next year
3: Now didn't, but see, here's the other thing too. Look at what Georgia tech just did. They said goodbye to Josh pastor on Friday and Tuesday introduced Damon Stoudemire. It was quick. 90 hours. But why? Because of the same logic that applied to football coaches that got fired in late October, early November on the college level. So you could hire a new guy to then shore up the portal and recruiting Mm -hmm. when December ended. That's where this is. And I'm sorry. Yeah. If everybody, I mean, Look, the 1970s Carolina is not walking through the door anymore. Mm-hmm. That's just not where we are 50 years later. And I look, and I don't necessarily – I blame a lot of this on Mark Emmert. <laughs> and quite frankly, he's an easy target because he let this stuff go by. But mm-hmm. that's what the portal and NIL and the free COVID year and everything else is come into play. We're going to be off the COVID calendar after next year. But we're still going to have nil in the portal, according right now at this point, because Governor Baker is not going to stop until he runs this thing to the to Congress, and yeah. that's where we are. And we got to react to it. And these guys, didn't John Shire say what three weeks ago? I may not recruit as many freshmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's only being honest with you. I
2: was going to say, and he shouldn't. Yeah. If you got if you got ready guys that <laughs> you think you can coach up and put together in the court, exactly, then you do it. Jarquel uh, Kevin Keats has said it over and over again. <laughs> I want more dark Hill joiners. <laughs>
3: Wait, let me I don't, ask you
2: this. I don't want any more freshman point guards. I want a I mean, fifth
3: or sixth year guy to be my point guard. Let me ask you this question How many coaches do you think are going to use their full 13 allotment of scholarships Good question. on players going forward?
0: Good question. Don't know. Oh,
3: full? How many do you think will use all should? 13?
2: None of them should, actually.
0: Exactly.
2: Once again, the got man, way ahead of his time.
0: <laughs> West Durham. <laughs> ACC Network. We should do a podcast about them. We should. It's the uh, it's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe It's Wes, we appreciate it, man. We will talk to you next week when all five ACC squads are in the Sweet 16. Oh, boy.
3: Hashtag go ACC. Hashtag
0: go ACC. Let's go. See you guys. Right, Be West.
3: well. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about.